Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the Zabecast, the quarterback market is getting spicy in the NFL as the franchise tag day comes, and we're now tracking tail fin numbers on Aaron Rodgers. J.J. Redick and a rare pushback to Kendrick Perkins on another ESPN race take, plus car talk, party holes, and flying bikes. Your 30-minute bonus dose of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Wednesday, March 8, 2023. Thank you for downloading. It is just you and me today in your car stereo, in your AirPods, wherever it is you are listening to today's Abecast, and I appreciate you guys downloading. I got a lot to talk about today, and I'm coming to you live, plausibly live, underneath the glorious, cool Arizona night after a full meal at the Chart House Steakhouse here at uh, Ganey Ranch in Scottsdale. Not to pinpoint my location. Please don't come stalk me. Nobody's going to come stalking. Why is the heckler in the car with me right now? By the way, I'm in the car right now because two-bedroom, two-bathroom, kind of a tight condo. Mom and Dad are there. My wife, my oldest daughter, Catherine, they're there. Even if I go into our room, close the door. I know they can hear me through the door. I don't like it when I'm not just alone with me, my microphone, and you, the listener. So that's why I'm out here under the stars. And boy, it is, God, is it beautiful. As I said to somebody in the family, I go, you know, nights out here are very underrated. Of course, the whole state is underrated. But anyway, let's get to it because there's a lot going on. Cut one. The quarterback money is flowing. Asterisk for everybody but Lamar, which we'll get to in a second. So the deal for Derek Carr was first. I think he's in that $40 million range. It all depends. These quarterback contracts are so unique and different, and they're cut different ways. And there's always reporting early on that says, no, it's actually a three-year deal, but it's got this much guaranteed, and there's an exit ramp after two years, and there's a da-da-da-da-da. So I'm not going to worry about getting too deep in the weeds. But it's a it's a healthy number for a guy who's coming off his worst season yet. We talked yesterday about the Geno Smith deal. My friend Geno Smith. Well, today, Tuesday... Yes, it is Tuesday. I'm on vacation mode. i got to double-check and remember. Whoa. Tuesday. By the way, uh, thank you to Patrick Featherston, part of the Pewaukee Mafia, who said, come on, Zabe, tighten up. Two glaring mistakes. 
one of which the Seahawks did make this, the playoffs last year. They were the ones that knocked the Packers out. Well, that and the fact the Packers choked. I totally forgot that. I actually bet the Seahawks plus the big points against the Niners, and it was looking really good there for a half. And then it went south quickly. Also, another mistake I made was the actual anniversary date of the Chris Rock slap was not yesterday. It's March 23rd, I believe. So my apologies. But anyway, back to the quarterback money. So my friend Geno Smith got paid. Carr got paid. Daniel Jones was next up. And boom, he got paid an extension that puts him in that about $40 million a year category. And now you're going to have the two biggest stories that we knew would be the biggest stories come to the forefront. Number one is Lamar Jackson, or is it Aaron Rodgers? One, one A, one B, whatever. Lamar Jackson was franchise tagged by the Ravens, the non-exclusive tag. So any team could swoop in, offer him a deal, and the Ravens would have to match it or say no thanks and get two number one draft picks in return. This is a 26-year-old former league MVP in his prime who has been hamstrung by horseshit wide receiver additions on that Ravens team, a running back room that had been decimated around him the last couple of years, and nobody wants to take a run at him? It seems very fishy, but I, I have an idea about this that I think has to be said. It's the fact he doesn't have an agent. This is the biggest problem. Warren Sharp, Sharp, Sharp Football Analysis, puts it this way. He says, okay, let's see. Kyler Murray, $230 million, 190 guaranteed after proving nothing and going 22 and 23. Rodgers gets $50 million a year with 150 guaranteed at 38 years old. Deshaun Watson gets $230 million guaranteed after 20 lawsuits filed against him for sexual misconduct and sits out a full season. And now you're talking about teams that need a quarterback badly that are publicly saying immediately, we're out on Lamar. We're out on Lamar. We're not going to get in on Lamar. He points out all the things that Lamar has going for him, and they're undeniable. 46-19 and 19 is a starter. Uh, he had the uh, Ravens at 8-4 and four before getting injured this year. Had him at 8-3 and three before getting injured in 2021. 11-5 and five in 2020. 14-2 and two in 2019. And you have no interest in at least talking to him? Smells like, seems like, collusion. Other people saying it sounds like there's a message being sent that this fully guaranteed deal that Deshaun Watson got from Jimmy Haslam is a problem now for everybody, and the NFL is going to circle the wagons and say, you know what, not doing it. This is not going to happen. These fully guaranteed deals are not going to be the norm. Okay, I wouldn't doubt that that's part of what's going on. But the reason that Deshaun got the incredible, insane deal that he got was it all was because all it took was one dumb dumb owner desperate enough in Jimmy Haslam and that's what it's going to take for Lamar if somebody really wants him that bad I think the more pertinent part of Lamar is this 
because he does not have an agent, he is missing out on so many things an agent can and will do for you in these type of situations. Number one, the agent's going to quietly lobby the team and work the team for months in advance saying, come on, what are you guys doing here? You know, and, and even bluffing, saying, well, I've got this team on line one. I've got that team on line two. He serves as a buffer between the team and Lamar, where he can go to Lamar and say, look, this fully guaranteed thing, it doesn't matter, the fully guaranteed. Let's look at how much is guaranteed on this deal that I've got on the table for you, and then let's look at when your next out is going to be, and then let me show you, Lamar, quarterbacks A, B, C, D, who ended up getting a lot of money, and then the team that had them had to pay them more money because there was an exit ramp coming up, and they didn't want to get out of the business of having you. I think Kirk Cousins would fit in that category. That's what an agent can do. The more important thing is an agent signifies that Lamar is working within the normal, accepted, and understood ecosystem of the league. He's more predictable. A guy who is looking at $200-plus and is either too cheap or not trusting enough to have an agent by the way, you don't have to give an agent an outrageous amount. You don't have to give It's not automatic to get 10% or even 5%. It's all negotiable. You just need a guy advocating on your behalf. I think the fact he chose not to have one, whether it's because he's cheap, whether it's because he's not trustworthy, whether it's because he thinks, why do I need one? It's not that hard. I know what I can do. They're going to pay me eventually. That has created a level of uncertainty that teams are understandably nervous about. In other words, what is this cat all about? Now, me personally, I kind of have grown to like the cut of Lamar's jib for the most part. I think he's making a mistake on this no Asian thing. But he seems to roll in a way that is not what I would expect. Like you compare him to, say, Kyler Murray. Why? Well, because they're similar quarterbacks. Because they're both black quarterbacks? No, they're both running dual-threat quarterbacks who have yet to really win anything big, but Lamar has way more going for him than Kyler Murray. I think the difference here is that they don't quite... like The reason I like Lamar is that he doesn't seem to be as much of a self-absorbed douchebag than Kyler Murray. He seems to be like more chill, in a way, to his own detriment. But anyway, it looks like no one is going to make a run at him, and so the Ravens are going to pay him on a franchise tag, and we're going to do all of this all over again next year. I think also people are wondering, well, did he not play last year down the stretch because he was truly hurt or because he was kind of hurt but said, you know what, if they're not going to give me a full, fully guaranteed deal, then I'm not going to go play. People just, these teams, they want a better sense of who we're dealing with. And without an agent, it's just, it's hard to figure that out. Cut three. Let the Aaron Rodgers drama begin. Aaron Rodgers is apparently meeting with Woody Johnson and a contingent of Jets brass. Head coach Robert Saleh. 
new offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, other members of the Jets' organization. He's being courted, maybe for the first time in his career, really, other than, you know, he was drafted, and then he was with the Packers. Uh, You know, he has tormented the Packers into, "Eh, I might retire, might not. And now the Jets are coming after him hot and heavy. And it looks like they're probably the only team that is going to be in that business. And so now you start to wonder, how does this play out? Does he really want to be a Jet? I got to have a hard time imagining that. And I'm sorry, Jet fans, but you guys are not. You're not a high-shine, high-profile destination. I know Favre did it for a year as a stopover, like a Greyhound bus station on his way to Minnesota where he really wanted to be. Rodgers doesn't have that place he really wants to be, I don't think. But could he be a Jet? Might he be a Jet? Sure. What do the Packers want for him? Assuming the Jets are going to jump right in. How many years will Rodgers guarantee the Jets? Will he say, I'll give you two full years, I guarantee it? Do the Jets believe him? Do they care? Do they say, you're not going to go into a dark hut again after this year and then keep us tormented next year? He's already, you know, they they can extend his contract, the Jets could, and reduce some of the cap pain up front. But, man, you are piling more hurt down the road. And the Packers, even if they get what they want for Rodgers, which who knows what they would take. I, My feeling is take as little as a naked second and then cut the cord and move on and don't look back. Because if you say, ooh, that's all, then it becomes messy. Let's say Rodgers really wants to play for the Jets, but he doesn't want the team to give up one number one or two number ones to get him, and he threatens to retire. Now what are the Packers going to do? Say, oh, well, if you're not retiring, then uh, we expect you in the first minicamp on April 23rd, or whatever the date is. (laughs) And then it becomes constant drama all the way through the summer. Then do you dare say, well, you know, Rodgers, we may start love to start the season. Because really, we were ready for you to either retire or allow us to trade you for what would be fair compensation, and that you use retirement as a lever, as a club against us to try to drive down the compensation we would get so guess what we're now going to go mr chow on you jumping out of the rear uh, jumping out of the trunk in hangover you want to fuck on me uh ken ingles covers the packers salary cap pretty well as an amateur capologist he's an accountant cpa really good with the spreadsheet knows nfl rules really follows it says conspiracy theory time. After meeting with the Jets, Rodgers says he wants to play there or is retiring. Tells the Packers he won't accept a trade and will retire if the deal includes a first-round pick. Jets agree to use the first-round pick on an offensive weapon for Rodgers if he can pull this off. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Cut four. J.J. Redick for three. J.J. Redick was a not really popular player back in college. I don't know how many of you kids are old enough to remember just how unpopular he was. But I think he's going to win a lot of converts after this because he went after Kendrick Perkins big time regarding Kendrick Perkins' take on 
insinuating that the only reason white guys ever win the MVP in the last 30 years in the NBA is because the white writers always lean heavier when there's a possible white MVP. See Jokic now heading towards what could be a third straight MVP. I think it's third straight. Don't make me look it up. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. And then, you know, Steve Nash winning it and Dirk Nowitzki as well. Here was the original Perkins take on first take last week. Because he's so big in analytics and he's he's a historian when it comes down to diving in deep and going back into history and talking about the evolution of the game. Why didn't he never bring up this in particular subject? When it comes down to guys winning MVP since 1990, it's only three guys that won the MVP that wasn't top 10 in scoring. Do you know who those three guys were? Who were they? Steve Nash, Jokic, and uh, Dirk Nowinski. No. Dirk Nowinski. <laughs> what, do the, what do those guys have in common? I'll let, you sit, I'll let it sit there and marinate. You think about it. Now, here's the thing when it comes down to the MVP conversation. So there you go. That was what he said. Now, that is what is called an insinuation. Do I need to look up insinuation dictionary? Let me look this up just so I can get the uh, dictionary definition. Insinuating, insinuate definition. Okay, here we go. To suggest or hint in an indirect and unpleasant way. That is a clear insinuation that those MVP awards were not entirely based on merit. I'll let you, what's the only common thing between those three guys? I'll let you sit there and marinate on it. First of all, you could say they're all three non-American players. And eventually a non-American black guy will win MVP. Well, you could say that about Giannis. Giannis has already won it as a non-American black guy. Embiid could win it, also not American. Well, here is J.J. Redick, who is a contributor, I guess, to First Take and is probably probably earning himself a quick ride out of this rodeo if he dares to push back on bullshit takes like this from guys like Kendrick Perkins. I want to just say something. Stephen A., I mean mean no offense to you. And I mean no offense to First Take, because I think this show is extremely valuable. No, it's not. It is not. an honor to be on this desk every it's day. It's not really. It really is. Pays good. But though. what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, Ooh. where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist that are, they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. I you ju- not, yes, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, I did. Yes, you did. That is exactly what you implied, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly what you implied. Secondly, not, hold on, did, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. And you're not about to sit up We all know like what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I stated it. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. Facts versus volume. Kendrick was yelling facts at a high volume, which means he definitely won the debate. Not. People, of course, had a lot of opinions about this. It's the dumbest thing ever, really. It's an award. It is entirely subjective. And the players that won it 
that apparently Perkins thinks don't really fully deserve it are great players, and they're in the Hall of Fame. I believe Dirk is in the Hall of Fame, or he will be shortly if he wasn't inducted recently. He will be. Uh, Nash is in the Hall of Fame. I think his MVP awards back-to-back, especially over Kobe that one year, was stupid. But it's hard for me to understand why NBA voters vote that way. But Nash was incredibly efficient, part of a 50-40-90 club, which is rare to achieve. That's 50% shooting from the floor, 40% shooting from three, and 90% shooting from the line. Yeah, he only scored 18 points a game, tons of assists, up-tempo system, a bit of a novelty act, never won a title. I get it. But he doesn't suck is the point. That's the dumbest thing. So Reddick is like, look, we know what you insinuated. We know what an insinuation is. And Kendrick Perkins just didn't want to let it go. Perkins treated honest. Uh, he said, Nobody likes people who speak the truth or something like that. Uh, People who speak the truth are lonely or something like that. George Carl, former NBA coach, said untrue, Kendrick, because honest, educated people respect the truth. And don't forget the truth is about facts, not casual opinions. Well, whether or not any of these players are truly worthy of being league MVP is still opinion. There's no fact in there one way or the other. It's all opinion. To which Perkins clapped back, do you, Coach Carl, of all people, want to go there today? Because I definitely have time, homeboy. You most definitely have a few skeletons in your damn closet. Ooh, is that a threat right there? (sighs) Doug Kazarian, NBA, uh, tweeted, NBA MVP is pretty simple. 22 of the last 25 played on a one or a two seed. The outliers were Jokic twice, and Westbrook. Jokic only won by default because others got injured late. Jokic this year has been fantastic, and Denver's a one seed. That's why Luka never had a chance. Giannis and Embiid do have hope. (laughs) Again, they're all great players. Who's the best? Who's the bell of the ball? Who's going to win the MVP this year? Uh, Yes, let's all nerd out about it. What's more valuable? What is their uh, PER number? Their efficiency rate? Again, I'll say it for the umpteenth million time. Michael Jordan was the best player in the league, the most dynamic player in the league, the the most incredible box office force. He was the MVP in anyone's book, but he kept winning it every year, and it became boring. And these self-absorbed NBA writers felt like they had to shake it up. So one year, they gave it to Karl Malone. Anyone with a brain that's ever seen an orange ball go bouncy, bouncy, bouncy knows Michael Jordan, greater sign, Carl Malone, in every way possible. So I went back to the, I tried to find out who voted for whom in the 2006 NBA MVP voting, uh, you know, matching up the votes with the voters. Couldn't find it on it on basketballreference.com. Nash won it that year with 57 first place votes over LeBron James. Dirk was third, Kobe four, Chauncey Billups five, and on down the line, it doesn't matter. And I couldn't find who voted for whom. But I did find, however, 
somebody that publishes, what is this called? The MVP Vote Tracker. And this was compiled by a guy, an NBA superfan, uh, Max Crows, C-R-O-E-S. And he scoured media reports of who voted for whom, and he matched them up with, you know, what those votes were, so you could kind of see. And lo and behold, last year, Jalen Rose, David Aldridge, Taylor Rooks all voted for Nikola Jokic. Now, as Kedrick Perkins would say, Jalen Rose, David Aldridge, and Taylor Rooks, I'm going to let you sit and marinate on what all three of those have in common. (laughs) They're all black. Of course, Jalen Rose and David Aldridge know what they're talking about. The larger point is that Taylor Rooks, while incredibly beautiful, I'm sure hardworking, and very good in short spurts on television in front of a camera talking NBA. She works for TNT, oh, by the way, if you don't know who Taylor Rooks is. Taylor Rooks has no fucking business voting for MVP, for God's sakes. But that's who they give a vote to. That's how dumb this whole thing is. Charles Barkley says, I always talk about ESPN disease. A lot of these guys, when they get on TV and say stuff, they're like, well, I'm on ESPN. i got to say something provocative. And you know the thing about it, you're always going to get some fools out there. You guys probably get some fools calling in agreeing with them. I can promise you this, I've never said anything on my t- on television just to get clicks, said Barkley. Oh, that's perfect. I've never said anything on television to get clicks. Well, you don't get clicks on television. That doesn't mean I've been right or wrong, whatever. I just don't say it for clicks. And again, I think Barkley is a bit overexposed, but I do, I do agree that Barkley has not ruined his brand of being genuine and true to himself. He hasn't said things where you go, okay, he's just saying that just to say that. We'll see if there's another chapter this to this non-traversy on Wednesday. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. 
Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Cut five. Fatal tummy tuck in Mexico? Wow, this story of the four Americans caught either in a rival gang crossfire or part of an attempted organized abduction scheme is pretty harrowing stuff. And now apparently the State Department has issued an advisory for traveling to Mexico. For those who don't know the story, four Americans in a minivan with North Carolina plates drove across the border in Brownsville, Texas. Not a resort area, I don't think. Or maybe there are some resorts nearby, but it's not Cancun, in other words. Of course, Cancun's not on the border, but just roll with me here. Drove into Matamoros, which for those of you that are golfers that know Club Pro Guy, the first thing I thought about was, oh my God, this is a horrible incident. How will it affect the Matamoros four ball going forward? That's an inside joke. For those of you that got it, you got it. Anyway, um, apparently... And these were four African-Americans, two men, two women. The two men are now dead. The two women have been rescued back in the States. They're recovering. One of the women, mother of six, was traveling to Mexico for a tummy tuck. Oh, my God. I know you can get cheaper procedures in Mexico for a lot of different things. And I'm not saying... A mother of six doesn't deserve a tummy tuck to make her feel better. But imagine that, going to Mexico for a tummy tuck and being involved in an absolute harrowing kidnapping where the two men you were traveling with were kidnapped and murdered. It's not worth it. Your tummy is not going to look like a supermodel. Just go with what you got. Try to cut out some sugars in your diet. Walk a bit. Don't go to Mexico. Cut six. The Players Tournament is going on starting tomorrow. 
Today is Wednesday. Podcast airs Wednesday. It starts tomorrow out at down at Sawgrass, and there was a players-only meeting with the commissioner, Jay Monahan on the state of the tour and this new revamping of the elevated events next year for the top 70 players, or 80, I believe it is, with no cut, more money, and everyone else. The tour is a little bit divided right now, to be sure. Guys like James Hahn, who has won twice on the PGA Tour, that's no small feat, but he's otherwise a jobber to the stars, as they would say in wrestling, has been highly critical of it, saying it's created apparently, uh, not apparently, but it's created essentially haves and have-nots, two tours within the tour. To which I say, yeah, and? At least there's a way for the jabronis to play their way into the top tour. And one of the guys who's currently in the top ten in the world, Max Homa, used to be one of those jabronis. And then he started winning. It was great because Han did not attend the players' meeting. And Rory, my boy, the fair-haired Irish lad who I love beyond all reason, had the best line. He goes, you know, you talk all this shit, and then there's a chance to be involved, to have your voice heard, to be in the meeting, and you don't show. What the hell is that? (laughs) Way to go, Rory. Great fucking point. It'll remain to be seen how this works, whether you can really crack the top 70 if you play well or if it becomes too much of a closed-loop system. But to me, it makes perfect sense. The players are spinning it like, well, this is what the sponsors wanted. we got to feed the sponsors. They wanted us stars for the full four rounds, and they want to be able to televise them, uh, the, the tournaments themselves, selling tickets. And I get that. That's a valid argument, that even if, let's say, Rory and Scheffler aren't near the top, or Rom near the top of the leaderboard, if you know they're going to be around for the weekend, people in those cities will buy tickets to Saturday and Sunday. They'll go early, and they'll watch these guys up close with lesser crowds when they're out of the tournament. I know I've done it. And so that's not a bad thing unto itself. Also, the players, including Rory and Rom, are now saying, hey, well, you know, that's kind of a good thing that Liv came, came along because it's really helped us out here on our tour. To which I'm sure the players that have jumped ship to the Liv and now been banned from the PGA Tour are like, yeah, where's my Christmas card, asshole? Because I pretty much immolated my re- reputation, my career, and yeah, I'm getting paid a shit ton of Saudi money, which spends just like your money, but where's my thank you card for that? That's a fair argument. Speaking of the live, they're going to create a party hole. Cut seven. Party hole. Take a listen to this report from Australia as they as the live apparently is going to try to recreate what goes on at the 16th hole at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Well, it's golf, but louder. Adelaide will take centre stage when the Live Series arrives in town next month, bringing with it the global sporting spotlight. Fans from around the the world will get to see the first Australian golf party hole at Grange, and Theo Duropoulos went to check it out. Party. Well, the idea of golf being a quiet sport has been completely shattered. 20,000 fans are going to roll through the Grange Golf Club each day during the Lyft tournament in seven weeks' time. 
right here on the first tee, the fan zone, is where they'll gather to get a close-up look at some of the game's best players. But it's on the 12th hole, just beyond the trees, we're in for a real treat. Real a setup treat. like Australian golf has never seen before. It's golf's largest and loudest party. The 16th at the Waste Management Open in Scottsdale, Arizona. And it's coming to Adelaide. Joined here by Nick Haslam, Managing Director from Performance 54 Australia. Nick, players will walk onto the 12th tee. They'll hear the music. What are they going to see? You know, there'll be a public access stand, the front bar at the back, another bar further up. You know, essentially just trying to bring the South Australian party to this hole. It gives me goosebumps party. thinking about it. I reckon we should do what the pros do. Let's have a go. I reckon. Love to see what you can do. Oh, that's right on. Surely after that sort of shot, they'd go crazy. They will, Theo. I mean, there's a chance of beers being thrown onto the green. <laughs> There'll be DJs, um, live music. Right. It'll just be a great vibe and, and, importantly, a good celebration of South Australian produce. The Watering Hole, an Australian golf first. The well, Nick, Watering Hole. We've got a putt and we're going to be flanked by thousands of people up here. It's something for everyone and we're just so excited to have such a top-level golf tournament coming to Australia. You'd better get in quick if you want to witness Australian golf history. Tickets go on sale tomorrow morning. This is going to be amazing. Can't wait to see it, mate. Looking forward to it, mate. Well, looking forward to it, mate. I don't know. Maybe it'll be okay. I'm not against it, per se. I'm not that much of an old man shaking his fist at the clouds from my folding chair on the porch. But if it's the live to... Like, now it's going to be you're going to have to throw beers after a good birdie putt. Otherwise, the hole's not fun. Right, It is now at the risk of becoming not so unique or not so special. What if every event on the PGA Tour had a hole that was the quote-unquote party hole? Would you like that, or would it be stupid? All right, let's wrap this up. People are looking at me out here on the street. Cut eight, car talk. I got a question for everybody about this wonderful Turo rental I have. It's a BMW X3 mini SUV. Uh, this is a 2018, 65,000 miles. I reserved it with a very normal, average-seeming dude uh, for a very good price, under $100 a day for the week, which during you know spring training here in Arizona, that, that, that's a pretty good deal. Day before or the day I'm about to pick it up, I say, hey, I'm here a couple year, a couple hours early. Our plane landed early. Can I pick it up early? And he said, normally I'd say, yeah, but I'm having trouble finding the car right now. I don't know where it's located. I'm like, okay, that sounds bad. Uh, well, get back to me. There's a couple hours before I'm supposed to come pick it up. I hear back from him, and he says, okay, I, just, I, I got it back. I'm taking it through the car wash. Should be good to go. Come by at your scheduled time at 3 o'clock. I'm like, all right, great. Then I get a message. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. The guy that had it before you really dinged up the right side passenger area. It drives fine, but it's got some serious damage. I'm not sure. You might want to rent some other vehicle. Now, at this point, every red flag, every siren is going off. Scam. How am I being scammed? What is going on here? So I said, all right, let me go ahead. And I said, I'll come see it. Let me come take a look at it first. So I go there with my pops, and we go take a look at it. And sure enough, the asshole who rented it before me 
definitely swide, side swiped a pole or something because the you know right two doors are all fucked up. They still open just fine, um, but it's going to need some major body work. I take a look at the car. I meet the guy. He seems totally reasonable, normal. His story seems to check out about, you know, I wasn't really using this car, and I'm traveling a lot for work, so I ended up renting it on Turo. It was a good deal for me. It was making me X hundred dollars a month, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right. I go, look, as long as we document here, and I think we have by our texts back and forth, and the photos that you upload to the Turo app when you rent it, I'm like, I just don't want it to come back to me like, oh, you did this damage. He's like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. I go, all right, fine. So I rent the car at the same price as an otherwise non-scuffed-up car. And as soon as I get in the car with my dad to drive home, he says, yeah, you know, Stephen, I was kind of waiting for you to maybe open the door to perhaps a bit of a rate reduction. And I said, you know, Dad, I don't even think I even thought about that because what the fuck do I care that this guy's car is dinged up on the side pretty badly? I mean, yeah, I could have asked for that, but I don't even know how it would work with the app itself. Does he have to go in, cancel the rental, lower the price, re-rent it to me, all for what? And and what is it worth exactly? 50 bucks a day? 20 a day? 100 for the whole trip? And what? Are, how is that going to change my life? I feel bad enough already for this guy who had some asshole ding up his car and return it late. So I said, eh, doesn't matter. And my dad and both a couple other people I talked to were like, yeah, you should have asked for a discount on that. I'm like, that's weird. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just saying it didn't seem right to me because this wasn't Hertz or Avis. If it was, if it was a big corporation, yeah, fuck them. Give me a better rate. This car is fucked up. This is a guy. This is a guy who's already got a headache on his hands because he's going to have to go through Turo's insurance. He's going to have to chase this guy to pay up for the damage and everything else. He doesn't need me cheatling him for another 50 bucks. So I let it go. It's a great car. I still, for the life of me, do not understand why BMW overcomplicates the fucking shit out of all their controls inside their car. I have no idea. I feel like I've got a pretty good beat on it because my last Turo rental here in Arizona was also a BMW. And so I'm like, okay, this is how it works, whatever. There's so many things that mystify me. And the odd thing is I still want to have a BMW at some point in my life. I feel like I need to own a Beamer. I know. Broke my wallet. Don't do it. But that said, it's a good car. And I paid full price. Didn't get a discount because it was dinged up. Now, let's hope it doesn't come back to haunt me. All right, last one. Cut 10, cut 9, cut whatever we're on. Flying bike. Saw this on Twitter. Apparently the world's first flying bike. They don't call it a bicycle, but it's a bike. Is now for sale, if you want to buy it, $550,000. It is like a giant quadcopter drone with a motorcycle welded to the top and i suppose enough sophisticated software and safety features to keep you from being a lawn dart showed a video of the guy riding it around and it really is one of these holy shit we are living in a day and age 
of science fiction coming true before our eyes. Many of it dystopian and awful and terrible and frightening. Some of it, though, pretty fucking cool, like a flying bike. And what's the saying I always like to say? It's the worst flying bike we're ever going to have. All right, that is a wrap for me today. In the car, going back to the house, going to get a nice cocktail, go to sleep, maybe take a walk under the beautiful stars here in Arizona. Tomorrow, Kevin Sheehan of the Kevin Sheehan Podcast, due to join me here. He owes me a home and home on the Zabecast. That should be a nice, lively discussion about a bunch of different things. And then, of course, Scott and Solly will finish our week for subscribers only. If you are not subscribing, please consider it. I appreciate everybody who does and contributes the $5 a month to keep me going, to keep me podcasting in the car while I'm on vacation, no less, to entertain you people. What you mean, you people? Okay, that's it. All right, we're done here. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time. Yes, I do. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.